0: Welcome, welcome to the first edition of Finding Freedom on a Monday. It is great to have you here today on Lines of Liberty. And this is something new. This is a, a new chapter. This is the first time that I've published Finding Freedom on a Monday. And if you're wondering what's going on and maybe you've missed the last Month or six weeks of Lines of Liberty episodes, and you're tuning in today for the first time, and you're hearing me, John Odermatt, and not Mark Clare, and you're wondering what in the world is happening. Well, what happened was um, Mark is venturing off on his own. He is starting his own uh, podcast feed, his own, working on his own project. Um, it was a very amicable split. We've talked about it a bunch. I've talked about it on previous podcasts. Brian has, and Mark has dedicated at least an entire episode to it. But his last um, last episode on Lions of Liberty was last Monday. It was a roundtable libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor style show. It was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm not going to lie, Um this is this is the first podcast I've done without Mark on Lions of Liberty, and it is a little bit. It's a little sad, a little sad to say that. But we are going to soldier on. I'm excited to be hosting a Monday show, a Monday podcast. This is, I think, the best day uh, to publish a podcast out of all of the days of the week. So. Excited to hear from uh, from you all, get some feedback. Uh, just to get this out there right now, today's show will be a little short because of this uh, this switcheroo going from Thursday to Monday. So it kind of throws off my queue of uh, podcasts that I have built up, and uh, or I should say are, that are not built up. If they're built up, I just want to push another one out. But um, the recording schedule I have, anyway. Long story short, this will be about a half hour show, and it'll give me a chance to really talk about some things that are really important to me and that you have been hearing about on Finding Freedom recently. And you're going to hear more about um, from guests that I have on in the future as well. And that is health and wellness, and the idea that if you are not in control, of your own health and wellness, if you haven't taken control, I should say, of your own health and wellness, then you are not free. You are a slave to the mega food companies, to the FDA. Um, You are a slave. You're you're not a free person. So I will get into all of that. And uh, I should say also that we will have in the future and we will be... um, showing you some ways that you can support Mark in his new project. You know, we want Mark to have a successful launch to his new show. So you'll be hearing about ways that you can do that. And as always, you can support us at Lions of Liberty, Brian and I, as we continue to take this brand forward. And there will be some slight changes and tweaks and exciting announcements to come in the, uh, in the weeks and months. Uh, you can support us as always on patreon.com slash lions of liberty or lionsofliberty.locals.com. And speaking of Brian, Brian, major news for him, just had a baby. Well he didn't have a baby. His wife had a baby. And I'm sure you'll hear all about it on uh, on Wednesday <clears throat> on Wednesday show. Excuse me. I keep getting a scratch in my throat. Let me get a drink of water. Um, I'm sure Brian will talk all about it on his show on Wednesday. Um Mean age daydream. So check that out. And Brian, yeah, Brian, two kids, you know, look at this guy. Can you believe Brian McWilliams, a father of two? Congratulations uh, to Brian and his wife, Sandy. Just uh, fantastic to hear. Growing family there. So, all right, let's move on. Let's get into the show. So, I wanted to talk about this, and I, I, like I said, I've had several episodes in the past where I got into health and wellness. Of course, I had my uh, sucralose episode about about a month ago, where I talked about all of the bad things that happen when you consume the artificial sweetener sucralose, all of the diseases that you, uh, you know, put yourself at risk for coming down with, um, things like obesity, which uh, it really. It, leads to just based on the nature of it being so sweet and uh, making you hungrier after consuming um, something so hyper sweet with no calories, the body can make sense of it and starts to crave more calories. And of course, I had a show several months ago where I brought on Texas Slim, uh, the founder of the Beef Initiative, which is looking to hook up local ranchers um, with... Uh, People who are looking to buy meat and maybe they can, if they want to, they can pay Bitcoin and most ranchers will accept that if they're on the beef initiative. But of course you can pay cash or card or whatever. The idea is to stop people, to find avenues for people to get around consuming, as Texas Slim says, consuming this hyper palatable food, Um, this very sweet food, this ultra processed food that is in the standard American diet that we've been consuming. Uh, a lot of the uh, the additives, the high fructose corn syrup, um, the sugar, all of the uh, the dyes and all of the different, all the crazy stuff in there, all of the soy and uh, seed oils. We've been consuming, Americans, since we were kids. They, they've been slipping that in our food. And it's a tough addiction to break. And especially it's tough to break it if you don't know that you're addicted and if you don't know that you're being exploited and you are, um, you know, as a libertarian, I think I can I have to kind of choose my words carefully here. So as a libertarian or as a conservative or as someone who uh, is in favor of a, a small government or no government or anarchy. Um, of course, the first thing they will say is, yes, we want to abolish the FDA. We want a free market everywhere. And of course, we also want a free market in our food. And that's that's great. That's awesome. But I think it's important to point out that even with a free market in food, even with unfettered capitalism, you're still going to have... Um, Large companies, large corporations, taking advantage of people. Capitalism is not perfect, and there's a lot of things that are re- really unavoidable. And of course, of course, there are ways to, when it comes to being educated, uh, you know, having education around what is in food. Of, of course, people, the information's out there everywhere today. Anyone can go find it, um, but. To be able to get on a big enough platform to really cause enough momentum to change the conversation is, is, is what's difficult. You know, you know, people like Joe Rogan and, you know, Joe has his faults, but he does do a very good job of really exposing uh, these, just the, number one, the terrible diet of most Americans but how these large food corporations are taking advantage of people. And he's had some great episodes, especially talking about around veganism, how how vegans think they're, they're saving the planet and they're eating this sustainable diet uh, when they're actually just eating garbage food full of seed oils, artificial sweeteners, ultra-processed crap that is uh, w- causing tremendous amounts of waste as it's extracting protein from potatoes and peas. And they're having to grow all of this stuff. And w- when they're doing that, how many different species of rodents and um, small animals are they wiping out to create these fields? Um, it's, it's actually a pretty pretty fascinating thing. But I totally forgot where I was going with that. But I think, I think the point of this is it's really hard. So we're not going to change that, that whole apparatus, because there's so much money involved in feeding people in the whole supply chain to feed people. Um, It's almost like an unstoppable force. And by going in and saying, FDA, we're going to end you, and ending the FDA, that doesn't solve the problem. The problem is solved, number one, with you making the choices and making the changes to your own diet and taking ownership of what you're eating and what your family is eating. And then the next step is influencing those around you and hopefully uh building a community hopefully enough people choose to 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 build um a community of making intelligent food choices food intelligence that's another texas slim word so i kind of want to focus my episode today on number 1 just highlighting the fact that most people don't know it but you are addicted to hyper palatable food and you are being exploited by these mega food corporations, um, and this, I'll tell a quick story because they—it's even me. They—they they even still have me. It's—it's it's hard. It's hard to totally avoid it. And I'm not saying you have to be perfect, but I'm saying you better become very aware of what's going on and, and what you're consuming, because as I will highlight, talk about a couple different studies, um, it's killing people. It's, it's killing people. And it's not like an overdose, like a drug overdose, like you die the next day, but you're going to, and you might actually still live a long life, but you know what? You're going to live a life addicted, or yes, you will live a life addicted to pharmaceuticals in order to treat the chronic disease that you've contracted because of this diet and your quality of life. Your lifespan is not going to be a high quality lifespan. And to me, that is the most important thing, of really fueling your body with uh, with high quality nutritional food. Is the time on this earth, the number of years you're here, you want it you want to be feeling good, you want to be healthy. Of course, as you age, that does get more difficult, um, but it does. It's it's really not that difficult, honestly. Um, Of course, when you get very old in your 80s and 90s, yes, your body's going to start to break down um, really no, no matter what you do. But this idea that getting into your 30s and 40s and 50s and, oh, it just happens, you just get fat and you're back hurts and your joints hurt and you have all these problems and you're on antidepressants and uh, you're on this pharmaceutical and that pharmaceutical and you're you're getting surgeries and doesn't have to be that way does not have to be that way Uh, i am almost 40 years old and i am a lot healthier than i was when i was 30 and when i was 20 and that's just by being educated and making better choices to fuel my body because i was i wasn't doing that before i was just living I wasn't thinking, I was just a consumer, a consumer of food, um, and I wasn't even eating that unhealthy compared to the majority of people who are eating horrible, horrible diets. But I did have a point, (laughs) I'm rambling today, man, I did have a point at the beginning there that I was going to get into, Um, maybe I'll come back to it, probably won't, we'll just get into these two studies that I want to talk about, and I got to print it out on paper today, because you know what? I'm I'm that type of guy. I like to print out articles on paper now. I've decided, like that the noise you get when you hit that paper on your desk, and uh, it's pretty cool. So the title of this article, it's in health news. It's titled "Eating More Artificial Sweeteners May Increase Risk of Heart Disease," and it's talking about a new study uh, around consuming artificial sweeteners. And really the idea here, or the results, I should say, of the study are people who ate more artificial sweeteners had an 18% higher risk of stroke and uh, other types of cardiovascular um, diseases or or vascular um, diseases. So the cool thing about this study is that the size of it, number one, it was 103,000 French adults. Uh, the majority female, 80% female, the um, average age was 42 years old. So that's, pr- that's pretty good. I mean, so obviously average <laughs> means you're have people higher and lower. Um, I don't know why it was 80% female, but that's, that's what it was probably because it's hard to get men to take part in a study because they're stubborn, but uh, it is what it is. So the way the the study was conducted, at the start of the study, people filled out questionnaires about their diet, health, and physical activity, also about, you know, personal information, education, smoking, occupation, all of that stuff. Now they what they did is they followed these people for I think I think it was up to 9 years. And what they would do at the beginning, they took an assessment of what they ate. And then every 6 months they would follow up and the people were asked to provide a report of the past 24 hours or of 24 hours of every single food and beverage that they consumed. This provided the researchers with, I mean, an incredible amount of data to look at, which I I think is so important for a a multitude of reasons. But with a study like this, like sometimes with studies, when they, especially with like meat, like you'll see these red meat studies, they'll zero in and they'll say... People, you know, this percentage of people are eating a red meat diet of, you know, this so many, this many ounces of meat per day, and it's leading to heart disease this percent of the time. Well, they're not looking at the other things people are consuming, which most people like this study is is showing that a lot of people are consuming sugars and artificial sweeteners and uh, highly processed foods with that meat. So it's not necessarily the meat the red meat—that's the problem. It's what, are you, what are you you are consuming with it. So I like how this study um, took all of the data, everything the people were consuming in that twenty-four hour period, and then did that every six months for nine years. Of course, it'd be better if they did it every month or every three months, but um, you got—I mean, it's it's probably very costly to uh, to do that. So hopefully, there will be more studies like this. And I'm pretty—I mean, even like in the short term. You probably can see, if you compare people who are eating a diet of of whole foods and avoiding the seed oils and the artificial sweeteners and things like that, and compare it to people who aren't, I think you would see stark differences in the diseases they're encountering, even in two to three years, even in people in their 30s and 40s. So I would like to see some, some studies like that um OK the researchers the uh, this provided the researchers with a detailed estimate of people's consumption of artificial sweeteners um, from all sources as well as their intake of fruits vegetables dairy products red meat and other types of food and nutrients so overall 37% of the participants consumed artificial sweeteners in some form on average the people who did consume artificial sweeteners consumed about 42 milligrams per day which is equivalent to about one. Packet of sweeteners. So picture, you know, you're at a a breakfast place and you got your packet of Splenda or Equal or whatever. That was the average um, consumption of those who did consume artificial sweeteners. High consumers was around 78 milligrams, which is a little bit less than like two packets of of those sweeteners. People who consumed higher amounts of artificial sweeteners, this is interesting, tended to be younger. They tended to have a higher BMI and were more likely to smoke, more likely to be less physically active, and, this is interesting, more likely to follow a weight loss diet. So they're following a weight loss diet, they are fatter, they smoke, and they're less physically active, but they're following a weight loss diet, so they're not following a weight loss diet. That's, that's the sort of the irony of that, uh, of that statement there. Um, these same people also consumed fewer calories overall, Drink less alcohol. Saturated fats, polyunsaturated fats, fiber, carbohydrates, fruits, vegetables, and see this is interesting here. Consumed higher amounts of sodium, red meat, and processed meats and dairy products. So I would, I I honestly probably do need to dig into this study to really understand because they just once again they just throw red meats in there with and and dairy products. Nothing wrong with dairy products. Nothing wrong with especially if you're consuming raw raw milk. Nothing wrong with eating dairy. Dairy is good for you. Red meat's good for you, but they lump that in with processed meats and uh, saturated and polyunsaturated fats. Um, Anyway, so researchers took into account all this stuff as well as age, sex, physical, physical activity, education, smoking status, family, all that stuff. So, after the adjustments for these factors, there is still a signal that appears to be increased cardiovascular events in those reporting increased use of artificial sweeteners, said Dr. Elizabeth H. Dineen. A cardiologist at Susan Samueli Integrative Institute at UCI Health in Orange County, California, Dineen was not part of the research. So, yeah, they did follow them for nine years. I was right on that. And... So in particular, people who consumed higher amounts of artificial sweeteners had a 9% higher risk of cardiovascular disease compared to people who did not consume artificial sweeteners. And remember, the people who were uh, consuming it, the large majority who were consuming artificial sweeteners were younger people. So you're getting these inc- incidents of cardiovascular disease increasing in younger people. People who ate the most artificial Um, sweeteners. So this is the two packets a day. They had an 18% higher risk of stroke or another type of cerebrovascular disease compared to non-consumers. In addition, higher consumers of aspartame, which aspartame is a carcinogen. It's horrible for you. And I should probably do an episode dedicated to aspartame, just like I did sucralose. Um, Aspartame is in a lot of stuff. I've sickeningly sickeningly in sick in, in it's a tough word to say have found it in you know, like kids popsicles and um fruit snacks and things like that they'll slam the uh the aspartame in there and uh give it right to the kids it's it's terrible so if you're a parent look out for that stuff avoid sucralose avoid aspartame so aspartame increased risk of um cere- 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 cerebrovascular disease and higher consumers of acylvoltame K and sucralose had a higher risk of coronary heart disease. So this is a great study, and it's pointing to a lot of the things that, that I've talked about before with uh, these artificial sweeteners. So avoid it. Stop consuming them. Stop drinking diet soda. Stop consuming protein shakes and protein bars that have sucralose or aspartame read labels guys come on you you don't have to poison yourself you don't have to give in to the uh the food tyranny of the fda and the giant food conglomerates which have you addicted to these hyper palatable um, foods and beverages that are 400 600 times sweeter than sugar it's so addictive so addictive, and it's it's not easy, not easy to get out of it. But I mean, I've done it. You can do it if you want help doing it. Please reach out to me. So, in the new study, soft drinks with new with no added sugars accounted for fifty three percent of the artificial sweetener consumption. That's what I'm saying, guys. Got to avoid it. Um, but people also consumed artificial sweeteners in tabletop sweeteners, adding to coffee thirty percent of the time yogurts and cottage cheese let's talk about these two things so yogurt yogurt is good for you it's healthy probiotics great food problem most yogurts are loaded up with sugar or with artificial sweeteners so if you're buying yogurt for yourself or for your kids great but you got to find brands that do, do not load it up with sugar a lot of yogurts that are you know especially catered to kids have more sugar than in ice cream so just keep an eye on that when you're, when you're buying, when you're doing your grocery shopping, um, keep an eye on it and cottage cheese. So cottage cheese should only have like four ingredients. If you get true cottage cheese, cottage cheese, so healthy for you, great source of protein, great snack, so flexible. I love cottage cheese. You can eat it with, uh, you know, vegetables. You can put some, uh, tomatoes on top, a little bit of salt and pepper, delicious. You can eat it with fruit. You can put some, uh, some blueberries, some raspberries in there, eat it up. Um, I forget which president. I think it was Richard Nixon. Would I don't know why I know this. I, I just saw it in a post recently. I think Richard Nixon, every day for lunch, would eat cottage cheese and pineapple. Pretty sure that's what it was. Just random fact for the day that you can impress or depress someone with the fact that you know that fact. So that's it for that study. I will link to it on the show notes page the second study that I wanted to get into is about ultra-processed foods linked to heart disease, but also the cancer link is what I want to talk about. And, of course, when you get cancer, linked to death as well. So this one was uh, through Tufts, Tufts University, and they found that a diet high in ultra-processed foods puts a person at greater risk for, de- for developing Colorectal cancer. So, pretty sure what colorectal cancer is. It's just, um, you know, I, saw, I, saw, I know it's part of it is colon cancer, but it's colon and rectal cancer. <laughs> it's colon and rectal cancer. It's shocking that they would just combine that into into one word. But so it's increasing those two types of cancer. And uh, so what they did in this study. And the results of this study um, showed that, you know, the food that we eat can play a major, can play a great role in the health and longevity uh, that, that people realize. So, in fact, previous research suggests that one in five deaths around the world could be um, prevented by improving diet. I would guess it's higher than that, honestly. That seems, seems low. 20% seems extremely low. Um, so this was the, the, the study was the BJM journal and da, da, da. So this is going, this one's going between two studies. That's what makes it confusing to, that's why I printed this out. Otherwise I'd, i be totally lost. So I, I when they break down, so, so they break down into, this is specifically ultra processed foods. So when they talk about ultra processed foods, you might be like, what does that even mean? Is this ultra mega? What are we talking about? What, what is this? Are they just adding ultra to the beginning of words to make them sound more scary? Probably. That's probably partially what it is. But this, I guess this category of foods is based on a NOVA, N-O-V-A system. Um, it's different groupings. And group four, so there's group one, ultra processed or minimally, minimally processed. Group two, um, processed culinary ingredients with oils, fats, salt, sugar, um, group three would be processed foods and group four is the ultra processed food. So ultra processed foods include products made in an in industrial setting from ingredients that are mostly or entirely made in a laboratory or extracted from food, uh, ingredients. Uh, so in ultra processed food, you commonly find ingredients commonly found in processed foods like sugars, fats, and preservatives, um, Additives designed to imitate natural unprocessed foods, uh, flavor enhancers, colorings, other additives. Food dyes are terrible, guys. Um, my daughter just had a, a cold that turned into an ear infection, and we always try to avoid um, putting, you know, giving her antibiotics or even you know us taking antibiotics. Because antibiotics are an absolute bomb on your gut microbiota. So, but unfortunately you know, she was, she was really struggling to kick the ear infection. So we got an antibiotic and my wife normally remembers to ask, cause you have to ask for no dye to be added to the antibiotic. And she forgot. So you get it back and it's, you know, they, they dye it So it's more, um, aesthetically pleasing to, uh, to the kids taking it. And I'm sure it's probably, um, you know, food, uh, taste alteration to make it make it taste better with there's probably you know sweeteners in there and sugar and things like things like that but forgot to say that and, and anyway you, you can't you can't be perfect everybody everybody makes mistakes um other things that are in ultra processed foods so things like malodextrin high fructose corn syrup modified starch hydrogenated fats and examples of ultra-processed foods, sodas and sweetened juices, juices, sports energy drinks, energy bars, powder in- or instant soups, margarine. If you are eating margarine and it's 2022, please stop this podcast, slap yourself in the face, restart the podcast. Okay, you're back now? Stop eating margarine. What are you doing? Stop eating margarine. Butter is good for you. Cook with butter. Put butter on stuff. It's... A- Great thing. Stop eating margarine. It's horrible for you. Causes cancer. Other things. So, pre prepared meals, heat and eat meals, microwavable meals, pizza, hot dogs, chicken nuggets, fish sticks, all of that stuff. Infant formula. Infant formula, the stuff that they put in in infant formula is criminal. It's criminal, and these food companies should be prosecuted. That kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning. You get rid of the FDA they would still do this same shit so what are you going to do like are how, how are you going to prove uh how are you going to prove harm it's very difficult that's the thing it would be very difficult to prove harm to prosecute to prosecute um these huge food companies so like when i say that it's it's not like Getting rid of government or getting rid of the FDA would automatically solve our problems. We would still have these problems. Capitalism is not perfect. A free market is not perfect. Um, it's it's much better than having the protectionism that we have of the FDA, which gives the you know the rubber stamp of approval to all of these food companies to put all this crap in the food that fools a lot of people and they see and they point to the FDA and say, oh yes, the FDA approved this. It's great. It's good. I can eat my margarine on my toast and it'll taste like garbage and I'll get cancer, but at least the FDA approved it. So anyway, that's, uh, that's, how, ridiculous, <laughs> that's how ridiculous that is. I remembered what I forgot to say in the beginning. I was going to tell a story and I'll tell a story then I'll come back to talk about the actual results of the of the study talking about the increased cancer risks. Hopefully I remember. <laughs> my brain is it's I, I'm not used to recording on Sundays. My my brain is just it's gone. So story grocery shopping for a tailgate. I'm getting you know, a bunch of bunch of things. My wife was making salsa and picking up cilantro and picking up tomatillos, I'm picking up different things. I was picking up ground ground meat for burgers, I'm getting all this stuff. And wanted to get hamburger buns because normally, honestly, when I eat hamburgers, I don't use a bun. Um, just because I I just, I mean, there's really no need for me to get those types of carbs, not carbs, not that I never eat bread. Um, if I do eat bread, it's normally Dave's killer bread. Killer Dave has been on this show before. Great guy. Um, he was on the show when it was felony Friday. Um, and it's, it's pretty healthy. Dave's Killer Bread, but you know, it was a tailgate, and I was like, you know what, I want to get, and we were going to be, you know, other serving other people, so I wanted to have, you know, burger buns for people. And normally, when I tailgate, I'll, you know, I'll have, a, I'll have a, a burger with a bun. It's hard to tailgate, you know, you're having fun, you're gonna, you're gonna let slip a little bit, you're gonna, you're gonna live a little bit, you're gonna loosen the belt a little bit, as they say. And I was looking, I looked at every single label of every single bun in this enormous aisle, and I could not find one that did not have soy, highly processed soy, which is horrible for you. Um, I couldn't find one that didn't have either corn syrup or high fructose corn syrup or sugar as a very early ingredient, meaning there's a lot of sugar. And I mean, it's just, it's really made me realize how hard it is to really adhere to a diet like this. And I'm hopeful as, you know, more community is built around people, hopefully people who are freedom lovers, like the listeners of this show and libertarians and conservatives and people who want to limber the size of government and people who want to take control of their lives, people who don't want to be slaves to the mega food corporations and the FDA, I'm hoping people like that will come together and we can start to build some community and, and support, really get support behind companies that are doing things the right way and amplify what they're doing. But until that time, um, we are kind of left to fend for ourselves, and I ended up buying you know, a package of buns that I was not really happy with, uh, but I did. So the next time that I do a tailgate, I will go to a local bakery. I will find one that does things the right way, and I will get some delicious buns. Or my wife has been um, making sourdough. She, has a, she started a sourdough starter, and maybe we'll just make the buns that way, so Anywho. Okay. So I did say I would get back to talk about the results of this study. You can hear the paper flying in the background. Just picture, um, like that always sunny in, F- in a Philadelphia meme with, uh, with Charlie at the, uh, you know, has the board with all of the papers on the wall and the arrows pointing different ways. Picture that unless you're watching the video, don't picture that because you can see it's not like that, but, Picture that, that's, that's what things are like right now on this, on this show. So increased risk of colorectal cancer. Colorectal cancer, sometimes called colon cancer or rectal cancer, that's where I read it before, is the third leading cause of death in both men and women in the United States. Wow, that's, that's surprising. It's pretty high. Um, higher than COVID. Wow, really? I thought COVID killed everybody. Dr. Fang Fang Zhang moment of silence Wow a Fang Fang is that a common name Fang Fang wasn't Fang Fang the name of the Chinese spy who infiltrated ah what's that guy's name Sawwell. I forget his first name infiltrated his campaign and had sex with him a married uh, sawwell I think I think that, their name was Fang Fang I don't know think it was Fang I don't. This isn't the same person, is it? I'm sure there's more than one Fang Fang. Anyway, sorry, very distracting. Doctor Fang Fang Zhang. Uh, do, do, do. Okay, read that. And so the chair of the division of nutrition, nutrition of epidemiology and data science at the Gerald J and Dorothy R Friedman School of Nutrition Science and Policy at Tufts University, and the corresponding author, author and co senior author of the colorectal cancer study. She said that previous studies have been linked to ultra-processed foods to high risks of obesity, high blood pressure, cholesterol, and some cancers, but few studies have assessed the association between ultra-processed foods and colorectal cancer risk. Okay, so jumping down, she says ultra-processed foods. Oh, she's talking about ultra-processed. Ultra, just what I said before. A lot of repeating in these articles. Anyway, so here, here's the results. Upon analyzing data of over thirty or of over three thousand two hundred colorectal cancer cases, so they analyzed the cases first um, and, and looked back at the behavior. Dr. Zhang and her team found men who ate the most ultra-processed foods had a twenty-nine percent high risk of developing colorectal cancer. That is high. Wow, almost thirty percent. However, researchers reported no correlation between overall ultra-processed food consumption, increased colorectal cancer risk in women. That's interesting. That's, I have no idea why that would be, but that's very interesting. Something to do with hormones, maybe? Who knows? Um, let me point out, they are acknowledging there's a difference between men and women. So that's a good thing. I always like to see that, especially from scientists. It gives me hope for the future. Additionally, researchers found that certain types of ultra-processed foods placed both men and women at higher colorectal cancer risk. So, men who consumed more meat, poultry, or seafood-based ready-to-eat products, the heat-and-eat microwavable meals, and sugar-sweetened beverages had a higher risk, as did women who ate the same ready-to-eat and -and heat-and-eat mixed dishes. Not surprising. So, Dr. Anton Bilchik surgical oncologist and division chair of general surgery at Providence St. John's healthcare center and chief of medicine at St. John's cancer Institute in Santa Monica, California told MNT, he found this study fascinating. I love these long titles. So impressive. I need to give myself a long title to keep up with these people. So Dr. Bilchik said, we've certainly known about the higher risk of colorectal cancer with processed foods, such as bacon. I'm going to pause right there. This is me talking Time out. So the problem with bacon, which I have come to understand recently, it's not with the bacon, or I should, let me rephrase that. Not all bacon is bad. It matters what the pig is consuming who had produced the bacon you are eating. So if the pig you are consuming ate a diet of crap, which most do, the vast majority of bacon you're getting comes from pigs fed soy and corn and all, all of this junk and waste from all the, the vegan food that they're creating to make these burger patties all the potato waste and the pea waste pigs are eating all kinds of crap that's had food that's a nutrient stripped out of it food that ultra processed um, soy and, and just junk and what you're getting if you look at bacon bacon has fat that's why it's delicious you look at that fat on that bacon that is filled. With all of that junk. So when I say that, sure, eat bacon, but be aware of the bacon you're eating. Try to find a local butcher. Try to find a local regenerative farm that is, uh, you know, making you aware and advertising what they are feeding their pigs. Um, There's a a local farm by me, which I haven't bought bacon off them yet, but they feed their pigs a milk-based milk based Diet, um, as well as you know, feed that doesn't contain GMOs or soy or or junk like that. So find pigs that are fed good food and eat that bacon. Continuing, and I think that's a problem with with a lot of meats. It's not the meat; the meat is good. I mean, humans are designed to eat meat. We perform best eating meat and fruits and vegetables and honey. And, uh, and things like that. It's what the animals are fed or the antibiotics animals are injected with that uh, that taint the food. Okay, so going getting back to the quote, other processed products which may be related to preservatives, nitrates, and or a higher association with red meat. Once again, coming back to red meat. But this is really the first study describing ultra-processed food. Dr. Billick said he found it striking that the study showed an increase in colorectal cancer and and predominantly for men, it appears to be more associated with distal or left side colon cancer. Well, that's, I mean, that's weird. I wonder why that would be. All right. So continuing on here. So another quote from Anton Billick, uh, fresh food, what is commonly described as, (laughs) So here he describes better ways to. So how do you how do you uh, avoid this? How do you avoid eating these ultra processed foods? It's just funny to me. He says you eat fresh foods. So describing what fresh foods are, because people are idiots and don't know what fresh food is. It's commonly described as going to the supermarket and shopping the outside of the supermarket. Uh, this plays an important role in being anti-inflammatory and in supporting the good bacteria and the good immune cells in fighting disease. So he goes on to say, right now we're experiencing an epidemic of young patients being diagnosed with colon cancer under age 45. Colon cancer is increasing among young people, more so than any other cancer. Every oncologist, both medical and surgical, is just totally perplexed by this enormous change. The only plausible explanation relates to what this paper is referring to, which is an increased use in processed food and the disruption of cells in our body and bacteria and immune cells that help fight cancer or reduce chances of developing cancer. Stop eating hyper processed food all the time. I know it's hard. Cut back slowly. You know, people talk about health goals, they talk about meeting an ideal weight, they talk about exercising X amount of times per week, all these different things. The best, and that's all great. I think people should have, you know, very exact, precise goals, visual goals too, that you can see yourself achieving and you can visualize, and and have real reasons that drive you to them. Um, you know, things that things that are your why. You know, if you have a, a child, um, you know. Th- being alive to their their wedding day or being healthy with them into old age to see your grandkids. Goals like that that you can visualize I think are very, very important. But equally important is having standards and setting standards around diet or exercise. A great example of a standard that I've implemented recently is I don't eat french fries at a restaurant unless, unless I'm making them at home and I can bake them. I've decided Never again eating French fries. And that's that's tough to do because I love French fries. I love dipping them in ketchup. Love everything about them. But a standard that I set is I'm not eating them, which means I'm not. And, you know, sometimes I will go to a Wendy's drive-thru and get fast food. And uh, I would love to get fries. But I've set a standard. That's my standard. I don't eat French fries. That's not who I am. It's part of, it's part of me. It's my standard. I don't do it. And I, I don't think it's wise to set standards, all these standards immediately that box you into a very narrow diet. I don't think that's smart, but making incremental changes, even if it's just, okay, maybe, maybe you have a problem with going out to eat where you, you, you go out to eat right now or you're ordering out four days a week. Make a standard. I don't... Eat out. I don't eat fast food more than two times a week. It's not who I am. I don't do it. That's my standard. That's me. That's uh, that's the guy I am. That's the girl I am. Whatever. I don't. I don't eat out more than two times a week. Once you set that standard and you build your life around it, it's easy. Because say if you're getting together with friends or you're uh, you have you know a family uh, big dinner coming up or you're going out to dinner, once you have the standard set, you're planning around it. You're thinking, oh, well, I'm going out with, uh, with my, my wife on this night and then I have a, a dinner with coworkers on this night we'll be out. So that's my two times a week. That's all I can do. So I can't stop uh, for fast food for lunch today because those are my two times coming up later this week. Set standards. So much easier. Free tip. This is all free tips. I'm not charging anybody. But you can join the Lions of Liberty Pride if you want to. And that reminds me, I forgot the sponsor of this episode, one of my favorite sponsors. And the first time I've had the pleasure of doing this ad read. Of course, as I go to pull it up, it's not on my phone where I had it. It is an ad read for our good friend, Buck Johnson and the Mises Mayers pack. As I look for the Buck Johnson ad read, it was so hilarious. We had, a uh, so, if you listen to last Monday's episode, where, um, you know, we, I found the ad copy, where we kept it fun. It was the libertarians in the living rooms drinking liquor. And Mark went around, everyone had to say their favorite thing about Buck. And, uh, you know, and I said, Buck is, I think he's one of the best interviewers out there. And I truly mean that. I love Buck's show. And uh, I, I honestly. People like Buck are who we need, and I, I don't live in Buck's hometown, but people like Buck are who we need to be running for these local positions, running for mayor, running for city council. Um, in, in my area where I live, next year, there's five school board seats that are up for grabs. I very well might be running for school board next year. We will see. Okay, so getting back to this. so The, the Mises Mayor's Pack, formerly known as Mises GOP, Raising money to support Buck Johnson of the Counterflow podcast for city council. Buck is one of the best leaders our community has. We saw in 2020 what happens when weak leaders are in charge and how having just one good guy in office can really save many lives, make life better, save businesses, keep people working, um, all good stuff. So and people might say, "John, I thought you were I thought you were a libertarian Mises Caucus guy. Why are you reading an ad about the Mises GOP?" I'll say, "Number 1, I am someone who supports freedom and liberty, especially at the local level. And if that's the, through the Mises GOP or if that's through the LPMC, I don't care. I support people getting involved locally. I love it." And I think Buck is a tremendous messenger. So what can you do to support Buck Johnson um, running for city council? You can go to MisesGOP.org slash lions. That's MisesGOP.org slash lions. And you can help Buck out on his run for city council. So please do that. Okay, let's get back into talking about colorectal cancer. (laughs) (laughs) smooth transition. Um, I don't know if there's much more I wanted to hit on here, honestly. Oh, I did want to talk about, so I read that quote about healthy foods, Um, what you can do. Of course, that's the, that's the first point that uh, what they can do, what you can do to stop eating ultra processed foods is to shop around the outer ring of the grocery store. I honestly do that almost exclusively and it happened for a long time it's just once you make that conscious change that you're not going to you know grab pretzels or chips and you're gonna grab an avocado or an orange or an apple or a banana for a snack or nuts or um, some cheese once you make that conscious decision and you get used to reaching for real food instead of processed food that's just what you' think about and that's what you crave that's what your body wants because as as it works um the the microbes in our gut, the bad microbes and the good microbes are fed by what we eat. So if you're eating Doritos and Doritos and if, if you're drinking um, Dr. Pepper, you're feeding the microbes in your gut to thrive off of that diet. And those microbes in your gut are thriving. They're winning the battle in your gut and they're sending messages to your brain saying, feed me more Doritos, feed me more Dr. Pepper. And that's why you get cravings. One of the reasons why you get cravings for these Doritos and Dr. Pepper, once you, start, once you stop doing that and you start feeding your body whole foods and cheeses and, uh, and raw milk, if you can get it, and uh, healthy meat, um, once you start doing that, your body starts craving it and the good microbes start to thrive. So start doing that. Start cooking your own meals. Stop buying heat and eat microwavable meals Limit yourself eating fast food. Um, I know it's a big ask to, to stop doing that altogether. I don't think I'll ever be able to do that. You go on road trips, there's always, you're always going to be in situations where you're, you're probably going to be in a situation where you got to grab something um, quickly. Maybe a later episode will be on choices, ways to do that in a, uh, in a relatively healthy way, eating fast food. You don't want to do it all the time, but um, when you need to or when there's no other option. The other advice would be to take a a quality probiotic daily. And anybody who knows me, follows me on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, you know that I am big time into gut health, big time into probiotics. And this is something I swear by. And as I talked about before, with what you eat is what feeds your gut microbiota, you can boost that. You can boost the good gut microbiota, the ones that, um, you know, fight things like anxiety and, and stress and, um, that, feed your, that uh, help you to have a healthier, uh, better metabolism. So anyway, that's the show <laughs> for today. Uh, I was planning on talking for about a half hour, and we're at 50 minutes, so terrible job on my part, but hopefully you enjoyed it. And I understand <clears throat> that I've taken a shift here in the past uh, several months talking more about health and wellness Obviously, if you're still listening now, you're probably on board with that, so you'll be happy to know that it's going to continue, and I'm going to be bringing on more guests. It's not going to be—the show will not be exclusively that. Um, One thing with Finding Freedom is why I changed the name, is I found my own freedom in talking about things that I'm passionate about. One thing, being health and wellness. Another thing I'm passionate about is my faith, my spirituality, uh, my Christianity, And next week, I'm going to have on a very interesting guest, um, someone who is a practicing professional exorcist who exercises demons. So if you're into that, or if you know somebody who might be into that, you might want to get ready to share that that upcoming episode next week um, with your friends, with your networks. Please share this episode as well. You know, I know when I did the Sucralose episode, probably more than any other episode, uh, uh, close, tied. Um, I I got a lot of feedback from people saying that they sent that episode to their friends, they sent to family members, thanking me um, for talking about that because most people don't have any idea about how bad artificial sweeteners are for you. And really you don't realize how much stuff it's in until you start to read food labels. So read food labels, set standards, exercise daily, get out in the sun, take a probiotic, sleep at least eight hours a night. I don't just name me things. That's six things, six things you can do to uh, be healthy, be happy, take control of your life, and to stop being a slave to the mega food corporations and the FDA. It's got to stop, and the only way it stops is if you make it stop. Nobody's going to come and knock the fork out of your mouth. You got to do it yourself, okay? And I'm not I'm not fat shaming people, or maybe I am, but the point is, it's not about it's not about the being fat. It's about being unhealthy. You know, people are going to be different shapes and sizes, but being healthy at a healthy weight is what you're shooting for. And I know I talked about BMI earlier and people get all bent and all up up BMI especially people that BMI, body mass index, especially people who work out a lot, saying, well, I'm over the BMI. BMI is bullshit. BMI, yes. In certain ways, if you have a lot of muscle, yeah, your BMI is not going to make sense. It's going to say you that you're at risks. you have risks that you're not at risk for. But if you don't believe BMI is accurate in... Um, categorizing risk levels of, you know, obesity with different uh, chronic diseases. Go to an airport, go to a sporting event, uh, went to a football game this weekend. Look around at people, just looking at people, especially people over the age of, I would say, 30. And you will notice that almost every single person probably has a uh, hyper hyper palatable food addiction Probably consuming artificial sweeteners, probably addicted to ultra-processed food, and you can yes, you can see this because they're overweight and they're uh, you, you can see inflammation. You can see they just don't look healthy. It's not fat shaming; it's just encouraging people to make healthy decisions. And uh, you can get there. I believe in you. Starts with one change. Change one thing tomorrow. Look at a food label tomorrow. That's your one thing to change. All right. I got to end this podcast so I can post it. This is John Oder Matt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up and the fire is liberty burning.